Hello, it's Shelley F. Knight, bringing you Positive Changes, a self-kick podcast. We are joined by Alison Blackler and she's a mind coach and author. So hello to Alison. Hi Shelley, thank you for having me on your show. Bless you, you're most welcome because I think your message is just so relatable and I think it can help so many people. So thank you for being here. Thank you. So please let's get started, share your positive change. So my positive change isn't something that happened as a one-off overnight thing. I uh, started off life, I guess, like a lot of people, um, didn't really realise much about myself, was just plodding along as a kid, middle of the middle of the school, never really the brightest, never the, the last, but but never really finding my myself, never really pushing myself and limited myself a lot. I, I was, I found myself in a situation, and I'm not judging anybody who brought me up, but I was often negatively parented. So they put a lot of pressure on the things that I wasn't very good at, which meant they missed all the things that I was really good at. So I kind of came out of school with okay, but was pushed and encouraged to go and do something that my parents thought was the right thing for me. They told me I wasn't clever enough for A-levels and they told me I wasn't clever enough to do anything after that. So I went along with that, totally influenced, thinking it was the right thing to do. I continued then to limit myself all all through life, really. My choices I made in my career, still part of my story. So it's still, I still gain things out of it, but, but still very much going along with what I thought, what other people thought I should do. And, and my first role, my first job, I was encouraged to go and work as a, administ- a personal assistant, I suppose, in hospitals. So that's where I ended up to start with. I worked in the NHS. And I had a great time because I didn't know any difference, but still massively limiting myself, putting myself in in situations, looking for love because my parents didn't express particularly the love, I suppose, in the way that I, uh, the sort of person that I am. So again, all the while, not really sure of who I was. And then I got to, I suppose, my mid-twenties and I started to think, does it have to be like this? Do I have to feel negative? Do I have to feel negative about myself? Do I have to feel like I've got to compare myself to others all the time? Do I have to feel like I'm doing what everyone else wants me to do? And I desperately was desperately seeking that parental approval. So I did what I thought people wanted me to do. But that all ultimately made me miserable. Um, but I didn't know I was being miserable, I suppose, because it was just who I was. Did you just sort of, as you say, you plodded along? Is that what you did? Like you weren't unhappy as such, you weren't depressed, you were just like going through the motions of life? Totally, yeah, I didn't know any different. I didn't know any different to what I was experiencing, which I guess is the same for all of us. You know, you go to the school that you put in, you you mix with the people that you put in, but you didn't, you don't really look then uh, at, at why. And I think that was my big question is why am I in this position? Um, why do I feel um why don't I know who I am and I guess we none of us do at that age um but when you start to I guess meet more people you start to think oh hang on a minute their their situation isn't like that their their 
they're believing in themselves and they're going for it and they're, they're, they're pushing themselves and, and doing what is in their heart. You know, what does Wayne Dyer, he's, one of his greatest quotes is, you know, don't die with the music still inside you. Well, I, I didn't know what my music was, but I, I kind of started to think, why is this happening to me? Do I have to do what everyone else thinks I should do? You know, even down to getting married and things, everything I was doing was because it was the right thing to do, but actually it wasn't the right thing to do for me. I love it. And I don't mean that I love the fact you was unhappy, but I love the fact that there's no great change. You were just like bumbling through life and you started this search, which I believe we all go through. I think we all get to a point where you think, hang on a minute, well, how do I end up here? And it is, I mean, I always talk quite passionately that we are born into this world and straight away we're given a name that we didn't choose. I mean, I hate my birth name, hence why they were the rather cute sounding Shelley. And we do, don't we just like come in? I didn't have a bad childhood either, Alison, but you just think they want me to be a secretary, to have 2.5 children and a Labrador, you know, by the age I was 24. And I think we can go with it or we can rebel against it. But it's when we start to meet new people, we start thinking, oh, hang on, you know, and it's no rhyme or reason. You can have people who've had really abusive backgrounds and they're really happy and thriving in life. Exactly. Got, yeah. So you started this search coming. Yeah, this search coming. And I think, you know, I went to a very, very tiny school where everyone knew everyone. Um, and, and that was great because I didn't know any different. But when I started to realise that there was a difference, I really did. I mean, for a while, uh, I did push back. You know, I did um, push back in, in terms of the, almost the control if that's the right word, that I was in. And it wasn't, like you say, it wasn't horrendous, but it was enough for me to think, actually, I don't really want to be doing this. But I did go along with it, Shelley, for years. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that in my 20s, I only went, oh, hello, I'll find myself. <laughs> I, I, you know, I took well into my 40s before I really it sort of started to cement this journey where I started to think, actually, I don't need to listen to what other people think of who I am. I don't need to be that person anymore. But it was hard to, to suddenly break some of those patterns and be different. Uh, and, and, you know, there, there was a fallout um, as in terms of the impact, I suppose. You know, people, especially my parents, they didn't agree with anything that I did. Um, I, I did break out and become the person that actually ultimately I probably should have been. But gosh, you know, the, the way the mind works, you know, you, you're being pulled back to the no, 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 don't, don't get too sure of yourself. You know, you can make sure you keep those limiting beliefs alive. And you know, it was all that sort of thing. And uh, watching other people overtake me all the time. I was like, what? why do I need to do this? So I set off on this journey. And, I, and one of the ways I did that initially which isn't necessarily for everyone, but I, I decided to train to be a counsellor back in the day because I was working in the NHS. So then in those days, counselling was the, the, the sort of the place that people went to if you wanted to, A, set off on that career, but learn about yourself because you learn the techniques on your own stuff. Yeah. So I suppose I started that really curious place of thinking, hang on, does it need to be like this? And that became my almost my journey uh, from that starting point that I learned all the techniques and all the skills that I've got that I run with now, um, I learned on my own. You know, they talk about getting your skeletons out the closet kind of thing. That's <laughs> what I did. And I really started to challenge my, my yes, my parents um, and, and who I've become, which wasn't easy. Um, and it's definitely a journey, but one of which uh, is worth pushing, pushing through. I think that's really 
great observation because I know a lot of people who haven't been helped or didn't have answers in their earlier years go on to do like the counseling and the nursing and things like that I know I did do you know what I mean you think like I want to be one that looks after make sure everyone's cared for you it's great because then you do find your own healing almost don't you you do yeah you do it's quite cathartic but also it's it's I think for me I feel it's very important for me as, as a <clears throat> sorry as a coach and a therapist to to be authentic to, yeah. to be able to know how hard this is to be able to do it's no good your people saying oh just have a positive attitude and say I believe in myself well yes you need to do that but gosh you need to do a lot more too it's not just as straightforward as saying yay I believe in myself um the mind is so powerful the influences and the way that we are that we live you know the expectations of others uh, the judgment of others we all fear judgment we're desperately terrified of what other people will think and will we be um pushed out the troop you know will yeah. we be liked i mean as humans we love to be liked we want to be liked so it was a real challenge for me to be able to stop doing what i was doing which was putting myself in situations that weren't necessarily healthy um and certainly not right for me i think it's just so valuable when you're saying like you know you wanted approval especially in your 20s when you just got into your 40s you like you cared less and that's very much where i am i'm in my late 40s i'm in my late 40s yeah because i'm over halfway so yeah in my late 40s and i am kind of what you say here in the uk like marmite because either you either like me or you don't and i'm okay with that Alison. do you know what i mean great place to be yeah because then you just think like it's almost like like a culling process that you don't have to please everyone it's really refreshing so there are people that are still with you the people that get you the people that want my help whatever the people that want to have a laugh with me they stay true don't they whereas where all the others just shed away so actually like yourself it taken me a good 40 years to realize you don't have to please everyone you don't have to be liked by everyone but do like yourself definitely but well, you can't be liked by everyone because it wouldn't be true but i i look back when i was younger i had hundreds of friends like you know what whether they were called friends or acquaintances but you know I was almost like just it was part of my um being able to feel okay about myself because I just had lots and lots and lots and lots of different friends and I I I gave a lot I had a lot of friendships where I felt like I was giving a lot to get something back but that was again part of my limiting beliefs about myself that I couldn't just be myself and, and, and run the risk that people may or may not like me. But I always say to people I work with, you know, if you can get to the point where you really don't really care what other people think of you, then you've, you've almost got there because that is the ultimate, well, one of the ultimates, I think, of just being able to say, do you know, you might not like me, um, you might not choose to like what I've just done, but I, I know it's my truth. And I think that's what's important is doing what is right for you. And, and when I left, I worked in the NHS for 24 years and 10 years ago, I set up my business and it, people said, lots of people said I was mad. I left, <laughs> I left a, a permanent post with a pension and all the security um, and, and I had to do it. it. That was literally, that was almost my defining moment to think, yeah, I've made it. I've actually said, I'm going to do what's right for me and follow my passion and my values and my dreams. And that was to be able to offer what I do, but without the restrictions of working in the NHS, which is what it had become. I was working as a therapist and counsellor and a support worker in domestic violence and drugs and all sorts of um, departments. But I couldn't do what 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 I wanted to do, which was really, really help people because we were restricted all the time. Yeah. So, 
So bless you, you left the NHS. I think you left a year before you get the carriage clock for 25 years service. You've just right. missed out there, but you know, <laughs> you can seek closure on that. But as you say, there's so many limits in the NHS. They used to do like, you could only have six sessions, which is quite painful because you just start to open up and get that rapport. And then you're like, actually, time's up. Do you work Absolutely. differently now as a mind coach? I do, because I think, uh, for, for, certainly when I'm working one-to-one, we work with whatever the person needs. I, I'm not obviously an advocate for people becoming dependent upon me. I won't let that happen, obviously, which is the completely the right thing to do. But we were able to look at what, what works for them. And I, you know, whether it's right or wrong, some coaches do tie people into programs. I don't. I literally let people come for as many as they feel they need. A lot of time I encourage them to go away for a while. And we've worked on their limits. Um, I'm working now less as a counsellor, more as a coach. I use um, NLP and clean language coaching. So I'm able to really help people get to the real root of their problem. And then I let go away, go and have some life and come <laughs> back and, let's, and, and let me know how you got on. And, I, and some people I never hear from again. And others definitely come and say, gosh, that works so well. I've, got now, I've now got this thing because I always think it's a bit like an onion. You know, you, you, when you start to approach somebody like me, you might feel very fragile and we get rid of all the, the really loose bits. And then we can start to go into the layers because the mind is so complex and so so difficult to be able to, to to navigate you know we don't get that toolkit uh, sorry that almost not a toolkit um yeah a toolkit and a, a manual you know we don't come with a manual of how to manage yourself and i think that's where if if people can find a way to find their manual because it isn't one size fits all we are all so unique yeah i totally agree with that like my first book positive changes a self-kick book hence the podcast there's a mishmash of tools you can do because everyone's got a different journeys. Like I saying, everyone's got a different childhood, but that doesn't dictate how you're going to come out the other end. So I absolutely agree that there's no one way that we can fix people. I absolutely love the way you, you tell them to like, go off, have a nice life. And if you need me, I'm still here. I think to me that I just love it. Those that have followed me for a while will know that my mum's a counselor and she'll say, Oh, I've been seeing this client for five years. It's like, mum, are you asking the right questions? Do you mean like, <laughs> five years is a long time if I did past life therapy they'd have like three sessions off you go exactly. I love the fact that you've got the confidence in yourself but you've got their needs wants and path in your heart as well so you're saying off you go well I, I believe yeah. that everyone has the right I do you know I genuinely say to people you've got all the answers I will help you and I will ask all the right questions and we will you know I do use a lot of unconscious techniques that really gets to the bottom of things for people but ultimately, you know, I'm not, it is your path and I, and I don't have any of the answers. So I am a big advocate for people and that, and, and it works because people genuinely come back or, and I love, I love nothing more than getting a, a message from somebody to say, and you know, I was in those, that horrible relationship. I'm now met the man of my dreams and I'm, and I'm getting married and I just think, yay, that's, that's <laughs> what it's all about. You know, that for me is all it's about. And I would be concerned if I was still seeing somebody a long period of time because I, yeah I would be asking myself well, am I serving them or are they getting the message enough to be able to understand that actually they can do it, it they will be able to do it um, and I think it's just people come in quite fragile situations and believe that they have no control and that they can't do it and that was my story I didn't believe that I could could to, could be a different person could be I'm not the person that I was 20 30 years ago at all like none of us but I, I know that I can stand in my truth and say, 
I know I have pushed myself and, and can and can follow my own dreams. And, and I believe that everyone else can too. Uh, it might be a bumpy journey. They might feel like there's lots of challenges along the way, which they absolutely will be. There was tears, there'll be everything. I, I, can, I can authentically say there will be, but it's worth it because you've got to keep going though. You've got to keep pushing yourself because it, it is difficult because that mind of ours will be going, no, we've done it like this for all this time. Don't be, don't be starting to try something new. It won't want to do that for you because its job is to protect. That's so true. I know a lot of people when they say, well, it's all right for you because you think positively. And I do think positively, but I think there's a lot of fear around how great might I become? Who am I without this past? Who am I without this label? Who am I without this man, job, bank balance, you know? And there's a lot of fear, isn't there, with moving forward? I think so. And I love the fact that you've just said that. I think that is the, the big question is, who are we? Uh, and, and, and my offer is always to say, you know, who are we? with that journey we've got to be that person but with the journey that we've come on with the past with the experiences with the challenges with I call it the reset class you know we, we will keep finding ourselves in the similar situations if we don't learn the thing that we're meant to be learning in that moment we'll be back there and I've been back at my reset class I don't know how many times like no I can't <laughs> believe I'm back here again oh my god and then but when you really start to look at what it is that you're being shown about the situation that hasn't worked out and you really look then that's when the gems are there for you the little essences and they'll all be about your self-confidence they'll all be about you being your own self because we are otherwise influenced by society by people family other people's views on what we think they think we should be doing and I, and I think that who are we is something that I think we, you know, we're all kind of asking ourselves that. But so many people run away from their past and think it's not, it's got to be, you've got to be somebody so different to be the real you. But actually, you're not, you're, you're with that. And that's part of your journey and your backstory. Yeah, I believe that. I think when this podcast started out as a solo show, just me and my book, Positive Changes, and episode two, I think it is, was called Who Am I? And it's the blurb on the back of my book as well, where I go sort of like Shelley F. Knight is sort of like once upon a time nurse, clinical hypnotherapist, mum, daughter, you know, cousin, anything. And we just get all these labels, like a little collection. And it is hard, isn't it? To sort of a bit like the onion analogy you had earlier, like to peel back those layers and think, but who am I at my very core? Who am I? You know, um, it still goes back to the fact you're born into a name you might not choose but underneath authentically who are you and you're probably the most beautiful soul I think everyone's like really pure at the base of it but it's just having that courage bravery or curiosity even to find out what's underneath all of these labels and these roles and these experiences isn't it definitely and you know that word curiosity that you've just used there I think that's one of my aim on most favorite words but I think it's also <laughs> it's also one of my most favorite positions because if you don't know what to do in a situation or you don't know how to find yourself or you don't know how to do all of these things that we're talking about this morning you um just be curious yeah just yeah. step back and be curious and just think well i wonder what it is that's happening i wonder why that things just happened again i wonder why i've just responded to that text message or that situation like that why wonder why and in that wondering all sorts of things can come but but it isn't easy you know it isn't easy to choose to to be curious, we're much more likely to jump straight into the usual um, approach and, and response to things because that's almost the autopilot that that we've all got within us. 
Yeah, I have found over the years, like through nursing, just working with people as well, that there is that, they don't want that curiosity, they don't want that silence, all that search, do they? So they're sort of like, you know, binge eat, smoke, drinks, go with the wrong man, anything but that, when actually yeah. that curiosity could make such a big difference. Oh, and I know that, that if I could rewind mine, you know, we don't have the luxury of a, a rewind button, um, but if we did, you know, I know that I was absolutely searching for, for a quick fix. Yeah, this, oh, it'd be this, it'd be this, okay, I'll get into this, this'll fix it, this'll fix it. And, and ultimately, none of those things really fix it. It's, it's the inner self that's got to fix it. And then those things become part of the picture. And I think that's where so many people do look for answers externally. And actually, <clears throat> they are all inside. They're all inside ourselves. Yeah, I truly believe that. It's like the answers were within us, the love is within us. I always think we should start with self-love rather than like, you know, giving our power away and looking for it to someone else. Then you have that term, the other half. And I'm like, no, you're whole on your own. <laughs> you don't need another half. You know, it's not a fraction workshop. You are whole. <laughs> so yeah, I agree with that. So people that start in the search or dare to be curious, what is one tool they could start using today? I think that the biggest tool that we've got is to be more aware, um, almost self-aware is, is quite a big topic, but I think we've got to start, before we can change anything, we've got to start being consciously aware of what we're doing, what we're thinking, how we're thinking, because so much of this goes on in autopilot. I believe that 80% of changing anything is being aware, yeah. just being aware of what's happening. No, no judgment not trying to change it right now, but just noticing. If you notice, when you're able to step back and say, gosh, I've just thought really negatively about myself there. Just noticing that that's what you've done. I honestly think you're 80% there to being able to change it. But we must, with that, be very kind to ourselves because so many people get so frustrated when they realize that they're being negative. They get so frustrated with themselves, which almost fuels the negative thought in, in itself. So we've almost got to be kinder and just notice just notice if we've suddenly got a response um, an emotional response a physical response to the body they're sure signs that something isn't quite right yeah and i think just being able to just sit with that and just notice it just go oh it's there again okay right i've responded in that way again right what is it and just that then you can start to think about what's next and you know find a way to explore it you don't not everybody has to come and talk to someone like me you can explore it yourself write down what it is that you've just suddenly become aware of free from your head getting out of your head i think is is, is super important as well because we're also trapped in our heads so often overthinking things so by being aware and noticing it helps slow down that um overthinking thinking about things that are out of your control noticing that you've just compared yourself to somebody else so whatever it is that you're noticing i think you know it's a range of things but just noticing it stops it's like a little bit of a stop to the mind rather than it let it let those negative thoughts run and and literally run a rag with you because they will they'll if you if you follow those thoughts they will 100 percent become a truth i like that and i'm just wondering is that to do with the clean language you mentioned earlier is that like pure thoughts and nice yeah, language? Well, clean language, people often think it's, it's the opposite to dirty, which it's not. <laughs> but clean language is, is, a, is a, a technique that I um, use and train in, actually, um, where we're able to 
as, a, as the therapist or as the coach, not get involved in anything that's related to what the person's saying. So the set of questions and the approach that we use keeps you 100% out of what the person is saying so that you as the, you're not influencing in any way by your questions. You're literally keeping it clean because you're only using um, a set of very specific questions and everything that the person is saying. So whether that is a metaphorical thing, whether that's an emotional, physical response, or whether that's words, and that keeps everything um, out of drama, which is what is usually what's causing us most of us the biggest challenges, isn't it? We're all in drama with ourselves or in drama with each other. But that can even happen in a therapeutic situation if, if we're not careful. Why do you think people are dramatic? Do you think it's because they like that rush, that to feel alive, to be noticed, or because they've observed it? Why do you think people are dramatic? I mean, I think it can be learned behaviour. It can be an absolute response. So you, you, you respond in an aggressive way to absolutely everything, which can be a learned behaviour. But I think it's, it's, it's quite primal, really. Um, if the brain interprets anything as fear, or this isn't going the way I want it to go, so it could be, it's not going the way I wanted to go, which means that's a fear-based fear response because we, we feel threatened, we feel socially threatened. We, the brain, the part of the brain that gets hold of every piece of information initially is five times quicker than any rational thinking. So the, the, the response is instant. Ugh, I don't yeah. like that. It's instant. So we're in drama, we're shouting, we're wanting to run away, we're, we're, we're frozen and we don't know what to do. Uh, and, and then we get into habits or relationships or uh, dynamics where there's a shouting match or there's a standoff or there, there is a, 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 a drama of some description. Um, so in a way, we can't get away from it because it is how we are wired that we will have an emotional, very quick response to absolutely everything. But the trick is to slow that bit down because the behavior that comes out of feeling like that can be what is interpreted as the drama. So we slam a door or we put a phone down or we burst into tears and, and you know, strop like a, like a three-year-old, which as adults, we, we are not meant to do, but we will have that response instantaneously. That kind of goes back to the awareness you mentioned earlier as well, didn't it, about the tool to start using from today is that awareness of self. Definitely. It slows everything down. We can't, this is what I would say to people, we can't stop thoughts. You know, this is what I started to realise, as I can't stop the thoughts I used to have, what I have to do is manage them differently and being able to notice them and go, oh, I'm feeling like that right now. You know, I'm, I'm feeling like my parents are controlling me right now. So that's a choice for me to decide whether I want to run with that or whether I want to do something different. And that in itself changes everything. That's great. So do you, with your clients or in your book, do you encourage like positive sayings, positive affirmations, or get people to come up with their own sort of, you know, those little self kicks to keep you on track? Definitely. I mean, my book is um, full of exercises. Um, one of them is to come up with some I am affirmations, because that's, I feel that's like, you know, there's lots and like you say, lots of tools in the toolkit. And we need to get lots of ones so that um, one, you've got a number of different tools so that you don't have to use one, one thing all the time. I mean, if you, people get going with affirmations and they're super powerful, but obviously you have, for me, you have to be able to go with some of the other stuff 
because it's no good just going, I'm confident, I'm confident, I'm confident. <laughs> when, when everything else inside is screaming at you that says, I'm not. So um, there's lots of exercises I think we can use to help us be more powerful. Um, some of them are around being more aware. Some of them are around being able to let go, to notice a technique that allows you to let go of that thought that's just come. Some of them um, are what I call reframing. So being able to look at um, your thoughts or your behaviors from a different angle or a different perspective. And then some of them are the language that we use. Um, so an affirmation is, is obviously a language uh, structure, but we can look at other um, languages, I think, that help us um, should huge. I was shudding all the time when I was uh, feeling unsure of myself. I should have done this. I shouldn't do this. I should be doing this. You know, being able to change the structure around things like that using the word but, you know, I can't uh, you have to negate all the good stuff because you put a but on the end. There's always an excuse or something that stops you. I'd love to do that, but, you know, you start to notice that you're doing those things and suddenly you start to have a little bit more control. So for me, it's, it is loads of different things. And I think everyone has to find their own, their own things that work for them as well, which is why I've put all sorts of different ones in the book so that people can say, I love that one, but that one's not for me. Great. Uh, and hopefully the next person will be saying, oh, well, no, well, I like that one because it is personal. And I think we need to find our own truth. You know, some people need to get off and go and have a big walk in, in, the, in nature. That's massively one of my, um, my own personal um, safe places is to be in nature. But that isn't for everyone either. You know, most people love being outside, but not everyone. So some people prefer to be snuggled up on a sofa. But as long as they're not snuggled up in a sofa in their bad state because that just creates more more problems i was smiling as you said about but because we say that in our house the children say this beautiful thing that happened at school then they say but and i said when you use the word but you delete everything that went before it <laughs> Do yeah. you mean, it's just an excuse and you're not really believing what you've said so i did smile at that yeah, bless yeah. you you've shared so much great advice today so many tools and that but what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given Ever been given, I would say, um, a guy called Tommy, many years ago, um, I was sharing uh, a challenging thoughts that I had around uh, some guy that was a waste of space. And he said to me, why have you got people in your head rent free? And I just use that, it's in my book, I've used that myself so, so often. Uh, just being able to just think, why am I, why am I even giving this person or these people entertainment in my head? You know, it's like, would you let a burglar come into your house and use all your stuff and use up all your space and eat all your food? No, you wouldn't. So why do we have these people in our heads going round and round and round? And actually they're rent free. They're not giving you anything. So why do we hold on to them? And I think that that's probably one of the, I mean, there's, there's so many that people have shared or have, have read, um, you know, there's lots of people I follow myself personally who have some great, great things. But I think the other thing as well is, is to try and stop yourself comparing yourself to others because what others think about us is actually nothing to do with us anyway. Yeah. And I think that to me also is a very powerful position. It's great when you get there, but it's a journey to get there. Thank you so much for sharing your journey. I've absolutely loved it. Thank you. I just think it's so relatable because obviously everyone has a childhood, but just 
it wasn't a big epiphany. It wasn't like loss of health or a divorce or anything. It was just that wake up call, that niggle, that surge. And I think that we all get exposed to that. So thank you so much for sharing today. Oh, thank you for having me on your show. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed today's episode, please make sure you subscribe and leave a positive review. If you would like to create your own positive changes, you can buy Positive Changes, a self-kick book from all online book retailers or from shellyfknight.com. If you need a dollop of positivity until the next episode, come like and follow us over on Facebook at Shelley F. Knight, Life Goes On. As always, I've been Shelley F. Knight and you've been amazing.